1: We have a passion for reality TV and we're inviting you into our living room. We're
5: dissecting the drama and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. KFI AM 640.
4: You're listening to the John and Ken show on demand on the iHeartRadio app.
3: There's a drama going on in D.C. A closed door meeting uh, with this conference today, and uh, uh, Kevin McCarthy, uh, Republican representative of California, also Speaker of the House, uh, basically came out firing, and he dared some of the uh, the Freedom Caucusers to come at me, bro, try to take him out. Uh, Matt Gaetz has said, "Listen, we're gonna, you know, we can call for your, we can call for your chair," and he said just try it now when he was not behind closed doors he was a little more diplomatic about how he said that but it was still basically what he said threats don't matter and sometimes people do those things because of
6: personal things and that's all fine i don't walk away from a battle i knew changing washington would not be easy i knew people would fight or try to hold leverage for other things i'm going to continue to just to focus on what's the right thing to do for the american people and you know what if it takes a fight i'll have a
3: fight our ABC News correspondent in Washington is Ike uh, Ajachi. And Ike, great to talk with you. The The battle here seems to be about the upcoming budget showdown.
6: It really is. And, you know, tensions between McCarthy and the House Freedom Caucus, they really haven't been this high since we saw that. Take 15 rounds to vote in McCarthy as Speaker of the House. Now, you said it right now. uh, The crux of all this is that looming government shutdown. House has about until September 30th at midnight to come up with a funding plan that will fund the government. If not, we run the risk again of another government shutdown. But this is what we're starting to see. We were uh, essentially warned this before when McCarthy took the seat that his Ascension to the role of uh, Speaker of the House came with some caveats. Those caveats obviously came from the House Freedom Caucus. And it's that motion to vacate, which essentially allows anybody to come out and send out a vote for the whole House that would allow a single member to essentially vote on his removal. And it only needs to come to a simple majority for it to pass. And we saw Reverend Reverend Vinnemar come out and say that uh, publicly that McCarthy is not doing his job, uh, reminding him of what his job is essentially, the Freedom Caucus's demand, and that he'd be forced to essentially trigger that motion to vacate if McCarthy doesn't quickly reverse his ways.
3: So there's a difference between getting things done and then playing politics, and there's sort of this fine line that everyone walks. i got to believe that the Democrats in D.C. right now are sort of loving the infighting. Uh, They they watch all 15 rounds of the, the speaker vote go down, and, of course, the Democrats didn't cross over and try to help the Republicans out of that mess. If uh, if a vote were to come to the floor, I got to believe the Democrats would say, yeah, we'll we'll vote to remove Kevin McCarthy. We love watching the chaos from our uh, from our partners across the aisle. Uh, is there any word that there exactly. are Republicans that are saying, hang on here, guys, we're giving we're giving the Democrats a gift? No, essentially
6: what we're seeing right now is the Freedom Caucus, those 35 members, essentially of uh, those far right Republicans. Uh, really take control of this entire caucus. And we're not really seeing uh, too much, essentially, of Republicans trying to correct the ship. Uh, we are seeing Democrats, however, point their fingers, look at Hakeem Jeffries essentially uh, pointing their finger at Republicans, saying they're holding up the legislation that would fund the government. But in terms of Republicans right now, uh, we're seeing Kevin McCarthy try to essentially pump his chest, saying he's not worried about this and try to really pretend as if there's nothing happening when essentially uh, this caucus has until, again, September 30th, the end of the month, to really figure out some kind of bill to
3: fund I- the government. I Kajachi is my guest, ABC News correspondent in Washington, D.C., as Kevin McCarthy has basically said to the Freedom Caucus, uh, you know, I'm ready for your fight, whatever that might be. The Freedom Caucus does have a list of demands. Are they likely to compromise on anything? This is a group that is sort of run on the premise that compromise is weakness, and they don't even want to seem to compromise within their own party. No, they've been very, uh, really
6: staunch in what they're looking for. They're very, these conservative hardliners, uh, they really want essentially to have all their demands met. What, what is that well, essentially, they're looking to attach to that defense funding bill a measure that won't, uh, that will restrict certain kinds of care for, uh, for women in the military, obviously. Uh, there's other measures they want in terms of uh, weaponizing the DOJ. There's issues, there's issues they want to take care of along those lines. Obviously, there are hard right uh, lines they've been saying time and time again, those same lines that McCarthy had to face when he tried to attain that speakership. Uh, they're demanding those again, and they are threatening that motion to vacate if their wishes are on them.
3: Oh, Boy, I'd love to be a fly on all kinds of walls in Washington right now and just see what the conversations are behind closed doors. Uh, is the Freedom Caucus really ready to go full scorched earth? Uh, or are there other Republicans that are willing to come out? And, you know, we saw, we saw people get in each other's faces during those votes. Uh, back in January, over who was going to be the speaker, uh, so I'm really curious just to see how this ends up playing out. And uh, Ike, what's the next step? I mean, are they are we going to have are we going to have votes? Are we going to have some conferences. Are, are, are we going to be able to uh, to press forward in a more amicable tone, or are, are we headed toward a, a, a fight in the House right now?
6: Well, probably we're heading toward a fight. We're seeing House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries. Uh, essentially call the Republicans' bill that they brought forward a non-starter. Obviously, again, to what I referenced to before, saying that uh, it's essentially restricting reproductive choices for many military women and their families. So Hakeem Jeffries is calling for a bipartisan approach to this spending bill. Uh, We're hearing no word of any kind of acquiescence from Republicans to consider some kind of measure. Uh, Again, they're going to have to figure out a way to pass this bill, which means going head-to-head head with that Freedom Caucus, those 35 members uh, of the Republican Party that are, again, laying out their demands for McCarthy to act upon.
3: Is there room in the middle, Ike? Uh, we have to have a spending bill. It sounds like you got 35 people in the, on the hard right that are going to say, we're not signing anything that doesn't give us all of our demands. Obviously, that bill is not going to pass because you've got a Democrat-controlled Senate and a Democrat in the mm-hmm. White House, so that's not going to happen. Is there room for McCarthy to negotiate with the Republicans who are not in that Freedom Caucus, and maybe some of the, the Democrats, you know, maybe not the the squad, but some of the more uh, uh, moderate Democrats? Is there room in the middle? Is there a lane that can be occupied there in the center?
6: Well, there's always room for bipartisanship here in the House, but that's going that behooves McCarthy to either reach across the aisle to Democrats or try to make sure that enough Republicans don't flip to essentially remove him from his post. But that obviously would be very hard due to the thirty-five member Freedom Caucus that would essentially tip the scales and force McCarthy to essentially give up his post. But again, he's going to have to find a way to talk to the Freedom Caucus members to see if they can either back down from their requests or if somehow mccarthy can move forward with some of their co- requests all while appeasing the rest of this party uh, but remains to be seen as of right now we're just seeing mccarthy still trying to uh, defend himself in what seems like a possible mutiny
4: from his yeah. own republican
6: party
3: yeah i just see a lot of people playing with fire right now and uh, i think the american people are going to start getting frustrated as we get closer and closer to the end of the month. Ajachi, it's always great catching up uh, catching up with you. Thank you for your hard work on this. appreciate it. Thanks. We for we'll, care. Yeah. We'll uh, we'll talk about what is being called the biggest antitrust case in the modern internet. Because somebody's I guess deciding when the modern internet began and that I guess was sometime after Y2K. <laughs> I'll tell you what they're doing uh, with this case, why it's going to take so daggone long, and why it could mean that everything you're doing on your phone is about to change. That's next. I'm Chris Merrill, KFI AM 640. We're live everywhere in your iHeartRadio app. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. So Google being sued by justice because they're too big. I hate it when that happens. What are the, what are the shortcomings of our uh, capitalist society uh, is that we have these checks and balances that basically say, if you're too good, we're going to have to step in. If you are too great at what you do, we're going to have to intervene. it's, It's all in an effort to keep things fair, right? But I don't disagree with it. It's just a strange thing that we have going on. If we look at our economic system. Uh, as a sport, in what sport do we penalize a team for having a player that's too good? Right, we don't tell. We didn't tell people playing those incredible uh, uh, New England Patriots of days past that. Well, they have Tom Brady. He's really good. So we're going to let your team start thirteen people on defense because he's too. He's the greatest of all time. So we have to try to even the playing field. We've never done that. But, of course, there's reason for it, and that is that if you become too good and you squeeze out all competition, then you pretty much have a rule of the the way the business is done, and that's the concern with Google. Now, the funny thing is with the, the Google antitrust suit here, back in the old days, they never even would have been allowed to get this big. There would have been clamps put on sooner. But then back in the not as old days but still longer ago than what we'd like to admit days, We would have said, well, Google is too big to fail, and then we would have propped up their business and we would have given them bailouts and tax breaks. But now we're saying that they're too big, but not that big. So why is Google being sued? It all comes down to Google being too good and being uh, what the smart people call ubiquitous. It's everywhere.
0: Pitting the U.S. government against tech giant Google began today. It's the Justice Department's biggest antitrust case against a tech company in more than 20 years. The DOJ and 14 states accused the
2: company of illegally monopolizing web searching, which Google strongly denies. All right.
3: So when is it illegal? It's illegal when you're too big. That's basically it here. The 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 deal is that listen, you can develop business partnerships, and those partnerships can have uh, uh, monies paid for consideration. That's great, but if you're really big, then we're going to say that that's illegal, and that is the case. So the government's been trying to rein in big tech, right? And Google is at the forefront of the big tech, and what they're saying is that that Google. Basically, used all of their power to get with places like Apple and uh, and some of the others and say, "Look, um, we want to be the default search engine." And so Apple says, "Oh, you're going to be default search engine on 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 what?" They're like, "On everything, on your iPhones, on your your Macs, all that other stuff." And so Apple said, "Oh, uh, I mean." We could think about it. And Google said, well, how about if we give you $10 billion to think about it? And Apple went, okay, we thought about it. So the Justice Department is saying, well, that's not fair because now for somebody else to get their foot in the door, they got to come up with $11 billion, right? That's basically what they're saying here. And they want to say Google is flexing their muscle in order to keep others out. Some people are saying, well, Google has got a superior product. Google's defense is our product is just better. Part of the reason that these different companies have worked with us is not just because we're paying them to, but because our product is good, and there isn't a a competitor out there that can hold a candle to it. And that's why people want us in their devices. So they had a, a testimony, the Justice Department, trying to show that Google is trying to cut out their competitors by looking to be the default search engine. So, Google is saying, not only do we want to be the the default search engine, we're giving you money for that special consideration, but in doing so, we're going to keep any of our rivals from being able to gain any sort of a, a foothold in the door. Funny little, funny little side note here. I was looking at this story, and I've been following it for a few days, and the New York Times had a headline, I want to say it was over the weekend. Yeah, I guess uh, over the weekend, uh, late last week, said, it's the first Monopoly trial of modern internet era. U.S. set sites on Google. That's the headline. They said the 10-week trial set to begin Tuesday, which of course it did, uh, amps up efforts to rein in big tech by targeting the core search business that turned Google into a $1.7 trillion behemoth. All right, but here's what I think is funny. They call it the first monopoly trial of the modern internet era. And they're all comparing it then to the the trial that uh, landed Microsoft in court back in 1998 for antitrust because Microsoft was distributing their Internet Explorer with all of their windows and they basically made it the default search engine for everything that was Microsoft and Microsoft was a behemoth, uh, I would even argue bigger than Google as far as saturation uh, back in the late 90s. For whatever reason, I guess the New York Times has decided that that is not the modern Internet era. That must be antiquity? In internet terms, I'd just like to know when the modern internet era began. Was that was that post Y two K? Was that after the iPhone? I'm just curious how they just they chose their phrasing. Hey, look! It is great to be buddies with the DA because oftentimes not only do your your uh, uh, your uh, 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 less than appropriate incidents. Uh, not only are they forgiven, sometimes you even get paid for it. <laughs> we'll dive into what's going on from the DA's office. That's next. I'm Chris Merrill. It's KFI AM 640. We're live everywhere on your
0: iHeartRadio app. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable, monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print, or you finally want to get that will done? Legal SHIELD has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at legalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms.
5: Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Reality. Podcast.
1: Rappaport's reality, the reality a of bit. us. We're a figuring bit.
5: <laughs> out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it would have been Ooh, a, would have been The been podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Michael Rappaport, and my wife, Kibi Rappaport starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time
3: You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. Can imagine that you are out with your partner and you have a few drinks? You're feeling pretty good. Your partner decides to drive. You're a passenger and you take off, but then you get pulled over. You get pulled over and you, being smart, you start telling your partner you don't have to answer their questions. You don't have to take field sobriety test. You don't have to do anything. And then, because you're so smart, you get out and you start arguing with the officers, and you start asking about about their uh, their uh, body cams and what they're doing, and uh, you become somewhat belligerent. Well, the officers they say to you, "You know what? You look like you are uh, drunk, and now you're in public and you're arguing with us, so we're going to arrest you for public intoxication." But you're smart; you're so smart. And they release you the next day. You're not charged. And so what do you do? You decide I'm going to sue them. And then you get a nice, big, fat settlement. I believe that I got things laid out in the right order there. Uh, Blake Trolley is our KFI news reporter with the story, and it's, it's not just a smart listener doing this. This is somebody who's got a pretty high position in the DA's office.
4: Yeah, that's right, Chris. L.A. County D.A. Gascon's chief of staff has been awarded $10,000 for what he says is being wrongfully arrested by an Azusa police officer back in 2021. The only part I'd say you might have gotten wrong is that $10,000 goes a long way in Southern California anymore. <laughs> otherwise you uh you laid sure. out a decent play by play there so yeah joseph Venegas says that police's false reports on him have caused him embarrassment and emotional harm all of this centers on a traffic stop on an evening in 2021 the officer pulled over his now husband while the two were traveling home from another prosecutor's wedding according to azusa police joseph Venegas, during this stop got out of the car Told his now husband not to cooperate with the investigation and that he did not need to comply with a field sobriety uh, test. And he also apparently told his husband, according to police, not to believe anything officers were saying. Officers say Iniguez smelled like alcohol. He was slurring his words. So they arrested him for alleged public intoxication. Now, he was released about three hours later. The case was referred to uh, the state. You could clearly see how this one probably shouldn't have gone to the county. And state prosecutors never did pursue any charges against Joseph uh, Iniguez. Uh, his husband's blood alcohol content, and I think this is an important uh, part of this story, was actually found to be below the legal limit. So there were no charges uh, brought there. Well, today I caught up with the mayor of Azusa, Robert Gonzalez, who says this settlement, and we'll go to this bite, is in no way the city or the police department admitting uh, any wrongdoing.
3: uh
0: there
5: we go <laughs> we are to set the example and inclusive of our staff you know the city of azusas staff at all times should act professional and I think that any elected body's staff should always act in a professional manner uh, regardless of if it's off off the clock or on you should always conduct yourself as representation of, of the elected official that you represent or the office that you represent
4: So there he is further saying uh, that he's disappointed in this conduct. And he said, you know, he saw this getting very expensive in court, the back and forth. And he said the only people that are going to get rich during all of this are the lawyers. So he decided... That, uh, you know, or at least the city decided that the best uh, business decision for it, according to the city, was to pay out this, uh, this $10,000. Now, uh, Niguez again says he was arrested, he thinks, in, re- uh, in retaliation for filming the encounter. He says that he was lucid and calm. He says that he, uh, uh, as you hear there, videotaped this encounter, but he has yet to release that video. Um, so, you know, some questions still remain as to the actual incident. And I think if everybody was able to get a good look at it, uh, you know, the court of public opinion could probably make a, uh, you know, a a stronger case for itself on this.
3: Yeah. Blake Trolley from the KFI newsroom uh, joining us. We talk about the chief of staff for uh, uh, D.A. Gascon's office who was arrested for public intoxication. Uh, No charges were ever brought about for either him or his partner who was uh, pulled over in the first place under suspicion of drinking and driving. But his uh, blood alcohol level was below the uh, the the limit, as uh, Blake just laid out here, but then, um, uh, and then uh, uh, the lawsuit that followed. Amiga sues the city of Azusa. What is he suing for? Uh, for uh, for the police who are what, not wearing body cams. Great.
4: Yeah, well, he's saying that all of this caused so – really what the lawsuit centers on is that he was arrested wrongfully, he alleges, uh, for – in retaliation for filming the entire encounter. And he says all of this has caused him embarrassment and has caused him uh, emotional distress. So that's really what the lawsuit centered on. The city okay. says it was prepared to fight this, but I, I really think the city, I mean, as, as, as the city's described to me, really just didn't want to take on this uh, this legal battle. Um, I think that that legal battle in some ways would have been, you know, a lot more would have come forward uh, had it gone there, you know, to trial. But, uh, you know, here we are.
3: Yeah. So I'm curious as to how that would have played out with you or I. Uh, if we were arrested and then uh, we filed a lawsuit and said that it was uh, retaliatory, would the city of Azusa fight with us? Uh, or, would, I mean, would they write us a $10,000 settlement, uh, which again would pay, you know, a month's rent? Uh, or would it, Would they have fought if it were you or I? In other words, does this guy get a pass because of the high-profile nature of his position?
4: Well, the optics of this are certainly questionable, especially, I mean, even though, yeah, they did send this case up to the state uh, as it's been reported. I mean, even then, you know, there's uh, there's some optics questions there. Right. Between the state prosecutors yeah. and the, uh, the county prosecutors, uh, you've got uh, a state attorney general and an L.A. County attorney general who politically are pretty aligned. So I think the optics of this one definitely are questionable to the public, and uh, it's up for people to decide. Again, I think if this had gone to court, uh, just a little analysis here for the city of Azusa, uh, you know, the city may have been able to lay out uh, a case or at least more evidence as to uh, why he was arrested back in 2021. But uh, I think the city really just wants to put this whole thing behind it, and uh, yeah. and that's where we are.
3: Yeah, probably because fighting the case would cost them more than ten thousand dollars in attorney fees, and uh, you know the the time that their officers would have to be there in the court and everything else. So you know, I get the business. Now one
4: thing is, side of this. and one thing to think about, Chris, this actually is a case where um, apparently at, at some point during this encounter, he had pointed out that the officers were not wearing body worn cameras. You know, uh, another little piece of a possible analysis here. It was that why the city really didn't want this to go to trials that they wouldn't have had any recordings of this maybe they do maybe they don't but you know that was something I was thinking about as well as if they had body-worn cameras uh, you know maybe the city would have been more uh, in tune with uh, with going to trial over this one
3: it's funny this one really comes home hard I've uh, since body cams became popular I don't know what uh, ten years ago or something I said at the time remember there was controversy over whether or not officers should wear those things to begin with and I said listen I love body cams because they protect good people from bad cops and they protect good cops from bad lawyers. And this seems to be one of those cases that it, it sure it sure it hits home hard when you've got an attorney who's suing because there's no body cam, uh, and the body cam could have been uh, exonerating evidence, I suppose, if, if they had their own side of that argument. Blake, one other side of this, too, is that uh, in the lawsuit, it alleges that Iniguez suffered sleeplessness and debilitating anxiety. So he evidently could not have cut it as a reporter because I know that every night— our reporters face sleeplessness and debilitating anxiety. Oh, there's another, there's another uh, natural disaster. I have to go cover it now in the middle of the night. I mean, uh, how many nights have you had that? It's like, oh boy, we got a lot on our plate today.
4: You know, I, yeah, I'm lucky to get like, I, I swear, a good night's sleep anymore is like six hours. If I get <laughs> six, that's like the new eight.
3: So. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, perspective is everything. All right, Blake, always good to talk to you. Thank you so much for your work on this, and thanks for uh, uh, reaching out to the mayor of Azusa there. It's it's good to have the, the word on it. Yeah. I All think right. Chris. Yeah, you bet. Um, listen, we're out of the drought. Good, good. But we know we can't depend on heavy rains and, and snowpack every year. For Pete's sake, we've been fighting droughts on and off for the last more than a decade, which is why... California wants to take a good hard look at the grass, man. It's next. KFI AM 640. We're live everywhere in your iHeartRadio app. It's Chris Maryland for John and Ken today. KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. Well, we've seen the drought come and go, which is great. I'm glad that it's gone right now. Is there any doubt it's coming back? No. I think that if we are being honest, and unfortunately some people like to argue that Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. We can't put our heads, heads in the sand on this. Uh, the water is going away. And there may not be enough water one day to keep everybody um, showered in California. That day is not today. Thank goodness. So I'm appreciative when people are looking ahead. And I'm appreciative that uh, state legislators are saying, why don't we stop wasting water? I, I'm so glad that we finally decided to stop wasting water. Oh, good. Now, we actually have have implemented some water conservation policies in the past, and what's happening now is that the state legislature is taking it upon themselves to finally codify those rules long-term, and that means no more watering NFTs. Uh, Now, here to explain what an NFT is, Deborah Mark.
0: (laughs) Don't water your decorative grass.
3: Yeah, what are the non-functioning turf they call that yes non functioning turf it's not the non fungible t- uh, uh tokens yeah. right it's a different yeah. nft it's different. all right so what they're what they're going to do is uh, that land that's between uh, streets you know that the city owns that that median area they're going it, to it, stop watering that uh that land that's next to the sidewalk uh, between the sidewalk and the road stop watering it so that. you can just stop. plant
0: you look yeah. just plant succulents mm-hmm.
3: there say that again
0: just plant succulents. I know you like that word, succulent.
3: Put a succulent in there. Yeah. Let's make this the most succulent city this side of Phoenix.
0: Right. And problem solved.
3: It'll be succulicious. <laughs> no, I I totally agree. I really do. I think that, uh, now listen, there's going to be some initial expense to do that, to hardscape things. Uh, but it just makes an awful lot of sense, doesn't it? Because once you get through that in- initial expense, your maintenance is so minimal. But isn't really there, minimal.
0: hey, Chris, I think in L.A., I think homeowners, if you take out your grass and you plant succulents, you get some kind succulents. of credit. I think you you get. Uh, Love it. Yeah. Love it. So it shouldn't be that expensive
3: shouldn't be. Now, unfortunately, this ban is going to take a little while to uh, come into effect. Uh, They say the ban uh, takes effect in phases between 2027 and 2031. There are exceptions for grass in sports fields, parks, cemeteries, and areas used for activities and other community spaces. Also exempt are areas where grass is irrigated with recycled water. Now, this is important. Why do we not have more of the recycled or reclaimed water going toward all those other places? The cemeteries can be watered with reclaimed water. It's not like the residents are going to be upset that it's not drinking water. They actually don't need drinking water six feet down. You don't have to use potable water in those places. Same goes for sports fields. You don't have to have potable water. And one of the biggest water wasters in America is golf courses. And I always appreciate when I hear a golf course that says, "Listen, we are going to go to recycled water. We're watering with reclaimed water." I love that. More of that. More. Why is there? Uh, why is there an allotment for these places to use the drinking water? That's the water that we actually need. That's the most valuable resource in the world. Is the water that we actually can drink? But we're saying, and that's right. We're not gonna. We're not gonna use it. We're not going to use it on those lawns between roads. We're not going to use it on those lawns by the the sidewalks, but you can still use it on your golf course. No! Stop with that. The good news is this bill is supposed to save about 10% of the drinking water. And I'm here for it. Save 10% of the drinking water. Outstanding! That 10% makes a big difference. Now, let's... Take a look at some of these other things like sports fields, golf courses, cemeteries, other community spaces, as they're saying, L.A. Times uh, verbiage on this. Let's fix this and say non-potable water, recycled water. If you have to have grass and it's not – there's no reason to use any potable water on grass ever, ever done, ever, never. There's no reason for it. So that needs to be the next step. Just use that. Save all the good water for us – to drink, and maybe your your four-legged friends, and your fish. <laughs> Otherwise, everything else needs to be recycled. And succulents.
0: Exactly.
3: Just fixed America again. You're welcome. Uh, huge news today. Hunter Biden is indicted on federal firearms charges. This is a big one. We'll dive into how this came about, what it means. That is next. First to check on news, it's KFI AM 640, and we're live everywhere on your iHeartRadio app. Hey, you've been listening to The John and Ken Show. You can always hear us live on KFI AM 640, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. every
4: Monday through Friday. And, of course, anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app.
2: to the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I
3: walked in, I didn't
4: think I had a shot
2: at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at first, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network. Available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Reality. Podcast.
1: We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room.
5: We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to rapaports reality starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.